0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the new raid details that was outlined in the latest Bungie blog, The TWAB. This Week at Bungie is a weekly blog they put out. I'm recording this on September the 20th, so if new details emerge after I talk about this, keep that in mind. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, there's a link below. You can click twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so click that link below and come hang out with us. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe, or following the Twitch channel when I'm not live is also helpful. So I want to walk through this because... We've, we've, we've been curious about a lot of things with the raid, and we got some specificity from Bungie about the power structure. So we're going to talk about that first. Right on the front end, we're going to talk about power structure. Second, we're going to talk about raid timing, how the four to five day grind, what I think about that, you know, and how that's going to play out this time. Leveling is seemingly going to be a little bit different, because now we have the artifact as well, that you can raise with just XP, so, you know, people are stacking bounties. And then, lastly, we're going to talk about the power grind. So the raid timing, and then the power grind, because This is a common theme with Bungie. They launch a DLC, and then raid timing is somewhere after that. It has not been a consistent approach, because with Crown of Sorrow, they did the contest modifier, but then the raid was the same day as the DLC, which was freaking horrible. I hated that. And then this time they're doing contest modifier, and then the raid launches on a Saturday, which is... Like the first time they've ever done that and in you know all the ones past that I can't even remember the timing on they've never been the same in last wish I think we got a week and a half we got we got to do one reset and even that was insane 13 hours a day long long time so I I don't know if they've landed this plane yet but I wanted to walk through the details and just give more commentary on power grind and timing to kind of give my thoughts on what I think because I do think some of this still hasn't landed quite right yet so power structure The contest modifier will be active, which if you don't know what contest modifier is, contest modifier basically says this encounter is at this level, and if you get beyond it, it doesn't help you in any way. So it's essentially always showing you swords. When you are so many levels below the power of the environment, you see swords. So if somebody gets absurdly high somehow in leveling, they're not going to have an advantage in that way now they still could have an advantage because if you're way under you're going to see skulls instead of swords and they might not so power can still give you an advantage rng is still a factor here which is one of the reasons why i'm still not super pleased with their structure it is better i will say this is a step forward so i don't want to knock their their decision to do contest modifier it is it is a definite step forward for the day one raid race and being quote unquote fair it it still isn't quite there yet I, i think they need to make some more changes but still uh, power above the preset power doesn't give you a bonus, and they told us that the first fight is 890. The first fight is 890. So you jump in this raid, it's going to treat you like you're 890. If you're below 890, you'll see more than a sword. But if you go into this raid at 905, you're not going to have an advantage in the first fight. You're going to be treated 890. If I'm 890 and you're 905, the game treats us as equals. Okay. The last fight is going to be set to 920. 920. This basically means you're going to set your sights on 916. Try to hit 916. Obviously, I think if you hit 921, that would be even more ideal because then, well, it's going to treat you like you're 920. So 916 is really the only thing you need to set your sights on. So there's a lot of questions about this. I mean, how are we going to do this in four or five days? What's been going on? Uh, We did get confirmation from Wamac in an interview he did, I think his name is Ben Womack, but they had his last name Womack. He did an interview at Gamescom where he referred to 900 as a soft cap. A lot of people were saying 900 is a soft cap, and we didn't know where that came from. Luke Smith said, oh, you're not going to get prime Ingram's till 900, and a lot of us just assumed that was kind of a change in the game. And what a soft cap means is all the way up to 900 your drops and your in your jumps should be a little bit more helpful and a little bit higher and after 900 things are going to tend to slow down but then the priming grams are there to kind of help you so I'm confused as to why they're having this big of a jump just in the first couple of days, four or five days, after Luke Smith says they envision getting the max level being something that takes a couple of weeks. Unless, of course, in their mind, 900 to 950 is going to take a while. Everything's going to slow down, which is very likely since even they are referring to 900 as a soft cap. The other update they said is that the Raid Exotic is not going to drop as a guaranteed for World First, probably because after what happened last time, if you if you finish within a certain amount of minutes, it, it, I, think it I honestly think that the Raid treated datto as a world's first even though they were a couple minutes behind because it takes a while probably for the internal servers to update and to not do that so they're not doing that this time you don't get a guaranteed exotic for world's first there is an emblem for worlds uh for within 24 hours and then there's an emblem for just completing it there doesn't seem to be an emblem or a jacket between beating it on you know saturday and tuesday so let's talk about raid timing because i think this is a little confusing after luke smith's comments he says we envision you know hitting max level being a a a two to three week thing for a power committed player and they're wanting us to hit 920 i mean they're not wanting us but i mean that's how they're structuring it you're gonna set your sights on 920 916 okay and that's gonna be the goal so to get that in four days seems to be really jump starting to grind to 950 especially considering the artifact is in the mix here so, if in just a couple of days, you can squeeze 10 or 20 levels out of the out of the artifact, you're really only going to be trying to hit 900, which might be really easy, given the fact that world drops can drop, you know, randomly. It's random. It's not guaranteed. World drops can drop at your level. There's a lot more intentionality with Menagerie and Ada, with our leveling. And with the artifact on top, I don't know. With leveling the artifact and, and bounties, I don't know how fast you're going to be able to level the artifact because i think that's going to be another factor if you can get all your characters to 900 and the artifact is at 20 then you're done you're ready for the raid you just need to grind for probably really good good rolls or mods or something that you think is going to be influential in the raid if it's not too difficult to get all your characters to 900 with world drops menagerie and Aiden, some more of the intentionality they brought the power leveling then that might be all you got to do is just hit 900 and the artifact is account wide at 20 levels and then you're 920 you're done you're ready for the raid I don't know if that's going to be that easy within 4 days we'll have to wait and see but I, you know I, I don't like the raid timing I've been very vocal about this. I think we should have more than a couple of days. I think it should be a week and a half. I think the, I think one solid week of the game and then a reset and then a raid on a Friday or Saturday, I think has been one of the best timings they've ever done. Something tells me that Bungie is unfortunately more focused on keeping the funnel very empty for world's first because they want to hand they want to crown the, the world's first team in the belt. They want that to go to a streaming team my concern is that you're that's running out of gas i just wonder how often well, I guess in their mind, it's the viewership appeal. They don't care if it's the same five to ten teams every year that everybody's cheering for. It's huge It's huge stream appeal. It's good for the marketing of the game. Everybody tunes in and watches. But unfortunately for, like, the rest of the community that doesn't get to know life the game in three or four days, um, you're kind of left out in the cold. And I'm not necessarily saying this is a right or wrong decision. I'm just calling a spade a spade. They're more focused on keeping the funnel empty so that it's more likely a streaming team wins because that's what they're mainly doing with worlds first. They're turning it into a spectacle and a, a race that can be viewed and watched. And I'm not saying that's wrong or bad. I'm just being honest about what it actually is. So there's no criticism in what I'm saying, but let's just call it what it is. Lastly, let's talk about the power grind. I have a list of things that are unknown right now. These things are unknown when do we get the artifact? It's shown in this in the season pass that's now listed. you can see the whole season pass uh, on Bungie.net. It's it's shown at level seven on the free track. Does that mean everybody has to wait till seven? Do we get it right away as purchase you know players that purchase Shadow keep? I don't know. when do we get the artifact Is it level one or is it level seven? We don't know. that's an unknown right now. How much influence can we have in four days from the artifact? How much influence is the artifact going to have in four days? Are people stacking bounties going to make this really easy on themselves because they're going to have a ridiculous amount of bonus power? You know, if if somebody uses Sweatsickle's, uh, you know, page that he made and they get 35 to 40 levels on their, on their artifact, that'll make a huge difference in their power grind because that's going to get them even closer to 920 even sooner. What about uh, previous powerful sources? We don't know. We don't know how they're going to treat the previous powerful sources. Will Ada's bounties? Will the Menagerie? Will, wh- what about the old raids? Like, what are we doing with all of the old raids? The more recent raids as compared to the really, really old raids. What, what are they going to be doing with the total powerful sources throughout an entire week? How effective will gap filling be with world drops? How effective is it going to be to gap fill? Is a world drop counted only from a public event or a lost sector? Or can I go shove a bunch of tokens into an NPC and that's a quote unquote world drop? You would just do that until you get the drop that you need and then move on. Gap filling could be significantly helpful when you have really big jumps and like your boots get left behind or something. Or a couple of items get left behind. Gap filling could also be really helpful whenever you hand a bunch of guns to your second player. If you, if you tap out your first character and they're completely cashed out and you hand the guns to your second character it might be worth it to go blow a bunch of tokens on an NPC to try to get armor because the armor pieces are going to drop at your new power level because your new power level is being raised by your guns again, we don't know how exactly effective that is and how that's going to go prime ingrams are not dropping until 900 how many am I going to conceivably get before the, before the raid drops am I going to get to 900 at a, at a point in time in the week where I'm going to benefit from those prime engrams? We again, we, we don't know and then, is there no Raid Jacket, question mark? Is there no emblem for beating it before Tuesday, question mark? We don't know. That, that, that seems unanswered and unaddressed at the current time. So, overall, I'm happy that they brought contest modifier. The power structure seems a little absurd, given that we only have four days. And for people to be like, this is how it's always been, Lono. People blitz it and level up really, really fast. Luke Smith gave me a different impression in his director's cut, that we were moving away from hardcore, power-focused players hitting max level so fast. In his mind, it should take two to three weeks. Maybe that's still going to happen. Maybe it is really, really going to slow down from 900 to 950. I still think a week and a half would be better. I think it'd be better for the entire community to have more of a shot, but I understand why Bungie does it this way. It's meant to be a spectacle and a marketing tool, and that's okay. The raid is still there for everybody else to grind and play at their own leisure. So, as always, we're going to transition to Q&A, and with all of my content, if you're listening and watching and all the locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be an episode about the entire full Battle Pass details that are now available on Bungie.net. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch these live at twitch.tv slash no to rage. There's a link right below. Click that link and come hang out with us. I'm probably live right now. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, this is going to be an episode that's a little bit harder for you to interact with, at least on the front end. I'm going to try to make it as good as possible for audio only because you can't see what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the entire 100 levels of the Battle Pass Season Pass. I'm still calling it a Battle Pass because I think it communicates more of what I'm trying to say. Also, if you're looking for a Q&A attached to this, I'm starting to do two two episodes sometimes and one Q&A session to follow so the Q&A session that followed the new raid details will probably have questions that were sparked from this that Q&A is already on the channel by now these always hit out of order so this one should be coming afterwards so if you're looking for the Q&A session I'm joining these two together so I'm going to look at the full battle pass with you I want to talk about how I think this is a great condiment and then I want to end by saying I think this is a sign that we're going to be getting lighter seasons ahead so As you can see, the first 10 levels, the free pass is pretty decent. You're getting glimmer, we're we're calling these like orange cubes, We think those are the upgrade modules, the free infusions. The gunsmith sells those as a material exchange in the tower, and we're fairly certain that's what those are. There's no way those aren't the upgrade modules, because there's nothing left on the thing for the upgrade modules to be, and those were told to us by Luke Smith that the free people would be getting them, and there's nothing else on the free track other than Glimmer, Best of in grams, Armor, and Guns. So those little orange cubes have got to be uh, upgrade modules. What you're also seeing on the free track that I think people were good to point out is that eventually it dries up. You get to level 60, you get an exotic ingram and then you're done. Level 61 all the way to 100 on the free track is literally just a best of uh, eververse ingram. So you will not be getting uh you will not be getting the the, you know the the consistent delivery of of rewards after level sixty. And if people want to criticize that, I don't really care. It's free. You're not owed anything. So you should be happy that you get anything up to level sixty. Now, on the paid track, There's a lot of things that we don't know what they are, but there are some things that we do know what they are. There's an emblem at level 6, for example. I'm fairly confident that's an emblem. There's the little blue boxes that are full of resources, so those are going to be a resource supply. There are, are enhancement cores every once in a while, legendary shards every once in a while. There is an emote slash finish remove at level 10. That seems to be the only one on the entire board the big question mark i have about the things that we know what they are we also see a transmat effect at level 18 and uh, we're you know we're seeing armor dispersed throughout is the armor repeats itself so i'm kind of confused level six i'm sorry level five we see the gauntlets we see the same gauntlets at level 14 we see the gauntlets at you know level five for free and then level six fourteen for paid. We're not really sure why it's on there multiple times. And for those of you that are wanting to find this image, if you're listening or here live right now, go to bungee.net and click on seasons. And you can and you can scroll through this. Ibontis, as you can see, made by Ibontis. Ibontis made this image. He just took a screenshot of all the of all the scrolls and then made it into one image for us. Alright. So that's a question that we don't really understand as we scroll through this it's like why am i getting the armor multiple times you know on the premium track you get all three armor sets at rank one right well then why am i getting a pair of gauntlets at five and then it and then at 14 why am i getting the 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 cloak at 15 and then the cloak at 24 it doesn't make sense the chest every the armor seems to repeat itself multiple times and then there's the shiny armor down here starting at level 64 uh, then 67, then 77, then the chest piece at 87, and then the helmet finally at 97. So if you're wanting the complete armor set that's like shiny Vex armor, you gotta get all the way to at least 97. And then they capstone the entire the entire battle pass season pass. You get an ornament for the exotic gun at 100, the cool swords crossing emote, the co-op emote at 99, and an exotic ingram at 98. So they, they start dropping the exotics pretty heavy near the end. 90 is a, an exotic ship. So the things that we don't know what they are, level one is a box that is probably going to be all the stuff we were promised as paying customers right away. There's also level 22. It looks like some Vex relic. It's like a shield. There's like various sort of like Vexy and relic looking things throughout. There's another shield at 32. Uh, It's the same icon, 52, 32, 72, and 92. We're getting the same like Vex Shield-looking thing, like some type of a coin, so that could have something to do with the Vex offensive. I don't know. Uh, then it's clear that we're getting guns, and then potentially then gun ornaments later on in the in the actual thing, because you can see the background of the ornaments has like a purple, and it has the intertwining symbol for ornaments. If you go to ornaments right now on your guns, you can see that little symbol. It's like four. It's it's like, it's like makes like a an X almost with like the four interwoven things. You can see the ornaments for the armor as well. So there's like a blue ornament for a gun at 88 and a blue ornament at 95. Uh, There's also these little up arrow shield things that we don't know what they are. We're speculating that they are XP bonuses. There's XP bonuses potentially then for Crucible and Gambit. There's these little, like it's a sword with like an up arrow in front of it. Uh, If you go down far enough, there's actually one with Gambit on it. At 53 there's a little Gambit snake. So again, the idea here is that potentially it's going to be an XP bonus that you can cash in and use while you go and play Gambit. And that's that's a way to like boost your battle pass season pass. You're getting XP bonuses all throughout, but you got to go into specific areas. There's clearly a Crucible one at 63 and then the Gambit one shows up again at 83. So it seems to be those might be again speculating here that they're like Double, you know, like XP bonuses for a given time whenever you go through into those, uh, into those areas, and you know the 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 free infusions are the the cubes. I don't know about free masterwork. Somebody in chat saying that that doesn't seem right. So just the things to highlight are it seems very consistent for the paying customers, and it does slow down and in basically dry up for people at 60. If you're a free customer, uh, the exotic ornaments and the emotes at the end seem to be in line with what a lot of us were predicting we were kind of predicting that yeah they're going to end with a bunch of exotic stuff they're just going to pile on the seasonal you know ornamental stuff at the end and that's exactly how it's going the seasonal vexian ornamental armor basically starts at level 64 and then stops and you're finally done at level 97 so you're really going to want to go to the distance to get those and then the exotic ornaments as well so I want to say, the middle part of the video here, this is a great condiment. I think this really, really is a nice and consistent complement to your daily and weekly grind as a player. I don't know how satisfying this will be for a hardcore player other than it is nice to get the ornaments. It is nice to get the injections of resources like legendary shards, enhancement cores, you know, ingrams here. Down here, you're starting to get, you know, the enhancement prisms and the ascendant shards. Looks like there's two, two times, three times you get the ascendant shards, uh, you know. I, hardcores will enjoy racing to 100, but I think beyond that, obviously, then they're done, and they're focusing on the true grind, which is like investing in armor 2.0, grinding for resources, grinding for god rolls, as Luke Smith said in the vid doc that we already did a video on, if you don't get a roll that you want from the rune table, you can go make another one, so you're going to be making guns over and over again to go for rolls, that's generally there for the hardcore player. I think for the more casual player, this is going to be sort of the perfect system going forward because this is a great satisfying injection of stuff just over time throughout the season. You can see it's pretty heavy on the front end because we get the stuff on the free on the free pass, right? So, levels 1, levels 1 through even before 60, I would say levels 1 through 30 are the heaviest, and I think that's designed that way on purpose. That's designed for people to jump back in. The early part of the season feels like it's just pouring on the loot, pouring on the experience. If you play at a slower pace, you're going to get a lot more life out of those early, early leveling structures of the past, and I think that's really, really good. I think this is a good way to have a steady and winsome value for 10 bucks a season if they continue to structure it this way. However, Looking at this kind of reinforces some of my predictions about how the winter season of Dawn and then the spring season and summer season will probably be pretty thin because there's a lot of stuff in here. So that's kind of what I want to end with, lighter seasons. I think seasons will be understandably lighter. They have less bandwidth. They don't have High Moon Studios. They don't have Vicarious Visions. And they're putting a lot of effort into this as one of the meats of the value point because I think whenever you're logged in and playing for free, you're constantly going to be coming in here and saying, oh, well, if we do this, then I'm, I I could spend the $10 and get all the stuff as I play through the season. Um, and that I think is going to really, really lead to another thing that I think that we're not getting a raid probably until the summer. I just think this this is a sign that they're trying to have a rhythmic injection of things to do as well as there's events, as well as you know the free events and then the actual activity that starts every season. I don't think seasons are going to be particularly bursting at the seams with content. That's really going to reinforce my call on them to reuse old loot pools and old activities if they can and do it for free so people can't complain about reskin content. But I think we're going to get a raid in September and if we get a raid in the summer, it'll be small because you got to consider if they're building a raid for the summer, that means there's, that's working against and cutting into their time of doing a raid in, the, in, in September of next year. So, the most likely time for a raid would then, I think, maybe be even, even in the spring. Nothing in the winter, nothing in the summer, but maybe a small raid in the spring. I also think that the raid challenge, the first raid challenge landing on October, I'm um, sorry, November the 5th, you know, a week, a month after it comes out, is a sign that they're probably going to maybe even trickle those challenges out as well. I think this will become one of the seasonal drivers, is you're going to look at this every season and be like, look at all the stuff I can get, it's only $10, being on the free track, every time you go and check your free track, you're going to see this as a seasonal driver to buy it and jump in and difficulties the difficulty settings, the hardcore grind, the armor 2.0 the material grind is there for the more hardcore player, so if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, again the question and answer was attached to another video so if you want to watch that, it's the question and answer attached to new raid details, and we're going to transition to Q&A right now in the stream live, so as always, when you listen and watch in other places, please like, share, and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the new raid details as well as the full Battle Pass details. I did two talks but only one Q&A session. So if you're kind of confused... As to why some videos aren't getting Q&A sessions now, we're doing some combinations just so I can create more content and not always have to do a Q&A session. That's a lot of Q&A sessions. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash sayno to Rage. There's a link below to come watch live. You can always hit like and subscribe. Those are free ways to support me. Let's jump right into the questions. McQuell says how do you think they'll handle armor in season of dawn if everyone already has min max their builds by the end of the season of undying or at least got very close to it this is a question that i have for the scalability of what they're building because if you create a system that allows me to feel satisfaction from investments how do you undercut some of that satisfaction and i know that sounds weird but hang with me i want you to picture we're about to go into let's just call it season one okay we're, we're in a new era so we're about to go into season one of the new era and in season one we go into armor 2.0 and i feel satisfaction from the build crafting and the investment if you don't give me satisfaction in the sense of that feeling then i'm not going to want to invest in it so you have to create an investment path that brings about satisfaction but you have to in some measure disrupt that sense of satisfaction in season 2 in the next season because if not the dilemma is what am I actually chasing what am I actually grinding for now obviously they said there was going to be new mods and new modifiers and influences on the artifact that would then influence the actual new encounters and things of that nature like they're doing with the nightmare hunts but if if that's it again what's the reason What what's tied to the loot What's going to drive me to that loot? Thank you, N64 uh, Benowitz, for uh, two months of subs. Welcome back. Season-specific mod slots. I mean, season-specific mod slots... Well, now, hang with me, though. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. You want to disrupt my sense of satisfaction, but you also don't want to completely undercut everything I just worked on. If I get an entire set and loadout that I really, really like, and you basically launch a whole new armor sets with whole new things... And I want to grind for those. All my grind feels like, man, well, what was the point? I I, I I, don't want to agree with the people who are like, well, they should never reset us because what's the point in chasing stuff? But every season you can't do that. That's too short of a window every 12 to 18 months sure I think they need to be undercutting your investment and you just need to freaking get over it like after 12 to 18 months all of your investment all of your loot they' I think they're allowed to undercut that and have new things for you to chase and kind of quote unquote reset you I think that that's totally fair they can't do that every three months every three months they can't be like yeah all of your hard work is invalidated but at the same time they also can't be like everything you're chasing is kind of meaningless it's just for the it's just for the appeal of the looks. How do you land in the middle on this? They either undercut your hard work that you just got done grinding for for three months, and that's too short of a time window, or they don't motivate you enough, so the new stuff really doesn't matter. It's just busy work, you know, to get something pretty. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I honestly don't have the answer here so, and if people are asking about the soft cap we found an interview from Gamescom where Ben Womack said that 900 is a soft cap in the game we're going to hit that soft cap and then things are going to change he used the expression soft cap in regard to level 900 so, that wasn't said anywhere else there wasn't a Bungie blog, a TWAB a Luke Smith director's cut, the only time that was referred to as a soft cap was a Gamescom interview in Germany with Ben Womack so it's a great question it's a great question that i don't have a good answer for i mean i don't know why would i want to replace all my hard-earned invested armor in the next season in season of dawn that's a question that bungie has to answer i've continued to say they have to build investment paths and systems and then the next question is is it scalable can, I, can you scale this so each season I feel like there's something worth chasing, there's something worth doing and I also still feel satisfaction in everything I did in the previous season next question from Sin Veritas do you think we will get more of a D1 style raid, last which is probably the closest but something about King's Fall which was fun overall well you're saying D1 style raid like they were all the same and they weren't, I think Scourge of the Past was very similar to Wrath of the Machine I think that crown of sorrow was similar to wrath as well in some of the instances like there's just a lot of uh a lot of intensity and in splitting the team up into pairs of two it felt very similar and so as far as going back to having a more king's fall style raid i honestly have no way to make a prediction about this they, they don't ever give us any indication of where they're going with raid style papa bear what do you think should happen to destiny's pvp to make it more successful and notice on platforms like twitch well if they can get trials right if they can use so lars bakken says in the vid doc they've got four versions of 4v4 elimination that they're going to cycle through crucible labs and then accept feedback okay So they're going to do that. That means, in my mind, they have four sort of concepts for how they think they could maybe do Trials with 3v3 Elim and they want to see how does it work on the maps, the metas, and then the rules that they institute for 3v3 Elim. Is there stuff that's too exploitable or too cheesy or too stupid, too restrictive? You know, they'll accept that feedback. You you need something like that. Trials of Osiris, even though I wasn't a PvP player... I didn't really dive into PvP till later in later in this in in the life of Destiny when I started playing with like Grenader Jake, um, and then I think I played with like Goth and Gigs at one time, and uh, and then I played I I think my very first time I played was with Jay Scubby. Uh, not a lot of people <laughs> want anything to do with him because he said some ignorance stuff about mental health, and in this day and age, if you do that, you're written off for forever. Uh, but that I, I even then, I really didn't even get into Trials that much and even then I saw the value of Trials I saw the value of it it was so fun to watch, my favorite streamer at the time was Crafty, I loved watching him play uh, I loved watching Crafty win 2v1s and 3v1s uh, it was so entertaining to watch him play Trials, and I think that's a testimony to how strong a really really good um, yeah, I got my Recluse with Lucky I think that's a testimony to just how strong the PvP and Destiny can be as far as viewership. You can have a really appealing setup, and I think the reason that people liked Trials, it's the same reason that people really like watching Battle Royale. There is something on the line. There's ten people left. There's three people left. There's two people left. It's you. Can you win? Can you? Can you win this game of battle royale? And in trials, it was like you'd no longer have your mercy boon. You're on your last game. You gotta win this game to go flawless. Like there was something about it. It was like in, there was an intrinsic risk in. There was an intrinsic competitive risk built into trials. When you're watching a tournament, it's fun to know this next game determines who's in, who's out. Who advances and who doesn't? Who could who, who takes home the grand prize and who doesn't? And Trials delivered that in a, in, a, in a more rhythmic, piecemeal way every weekend. You could watch people try to go. You could watch people try to double carry. Um, and I think that if they were to bring back Trials in a way that it's successful and noticed on a platform like Twitch, that's where you have to go. I didn't like it. it. It's it's a minority in the community. It's a lot of time investment. It's a lot of complaining. It's a lot of griping. It's a lot of people that say one thing and six months later say something else. Um, that's video gamers and PvP players in general. That's not unique to Destiny. Even in, even in the midst of all that frustration and all that irritation and stuff getting tweaked and balanced and patched because of Trials, I still think Trials has a huge value point on Twitch. Parcys77. Do you think the Black Garden will just be the raid location and not an endgame location like Dreaming City was? It would be a cool surprise if it was. Well, Vex Offensive takes place there, I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly certain when you do Vex Offensive, you instance into the Black Garden. So it's likely to be a location of of sorts. And then maybe that location has an entrance that takes you into the raid. Like the Black Garden is where you're going to go to do the raid, but it's not the raid. You're not hanging out in the Black Garden the whole time. So it's potentially going to be a location that we go to and then you advance beyond a certain point and now you're in the full fledged raid because Oryx King's fall raid was on the dreadnought, but like not really. I mean, it was, but it wasn't because once you went through all those areas, once you went through the, 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 orb slamming and you went through the portal, you were no longer in areas that were, that were traversable or viewable on the dreadnought but you were on the dreadnought does that make sense so they could make the black garden very similar you could basically go into the black garden for vex offensive but when you go into the black garden for the raid you go to a certain point do some things the door opens and now you're in the raid itself Uh, McQuell, do you see the raid having longevity with rewards to challenges if the only chase is the title? People may pivot toward other activities that fit more with loot pursuit, funnel seasonal activities over raids. Right, if I look at this, I look at Vex Offensive, I look at this rune table when I can grind for god rolls on guns that I want, I look at, um, all the different weapons and things that they're dropping in the game. The only reason, and this is true outside of Shadowkeep, this is true in in Season of Opulence, this is true in Black Armory and in Forsaken that loot is only a distraction if the raid loot isn't good enough so at this point we have no idea what they're going to be doing with the raid loot, it's like raid loot has not been great in Destiny 2 up to this point, there's a handful of standout weapons, even the standout weapons generally have they have their equal somewhere else in the game you, there are no fate bringers, there are no vision of confluences, there are no Gallahorn or Vex Mythoclasts Genesis Chain, uh, X Machina there's none of those, Chaos Dogma, none, th- there there are no weapons like that in Destiny 2 if you find a really really good weapon in a raid, it has its equal elsewhere and that needs to change so I will, I will be making a pretty critical video if that doesn't change in, uh, if that doesn't change in Shadowkeep Because not only if you're going to reskin the armor and I'm going to go to bat for you and say, ah, they changed it enough. At least it's unique. It's got glowing stuff on it. Still disappointing that it's a reskin, but you know, let's hold out hope here. But if the guns in the next raid suck and have nothing unique about them and you can get them basically elsewhere in the game, then there will be a very, very hotly worded video from me because I'm kind of sick of it. Like you're not in the dark. Don't pull this parallel development excuse anymore. You made Vogue, you made King's Fall, you made Crota, you made Wrath. You understand how to make raid loot that's unique. That's not, you're not oblivious to that reality. So, stop making raids with boring weapons or weapons that don't stand out or weapons that have nothing unique on them. So, the raid formula right now is drive everybody to grind like an insane person for a couple of days Squeeze life out of the raid with a bunch of viewership in a raid race that we could argue up to now hasn't consistently been very fair and RNG based, okay? And then once that's over and done with and we see the actual raid for what it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful car with terrible, terrible interior, like, man, what a beautiful raid. The encounters, the environments, the scope of Last Wish. Um, I mean such great raids. And then you get into them and you analyze their loot and you're like, this is not good. This is not raid loot. So that needs to change. Sinveritus. Do you think going back to the garden we will finally get some answers from the stranger, or do you think they still wanna have won't have time to explain? Wow, they don't have time to explain. I don't know if they're gonna bring the stranger in. I feel like if they're gonna ever bring the stranger back, it'd be in the next game. They're gonna hold that. They're gonna hold that under their hat. Um, we did see, we did see in the vid doc that next season, season of dawn is where they want to reset the timeline or fix the timeline. I don't know what that means, but I would think they're gonna hold on to the stranger. If they're gonna bring back anybody in the immediate future to be like, a, oh my gosh, they're back and they're a part of the story now, it would be Aldrin. Because Aldrin gets raised by a ghost in a cutscene that, unfortunately, lots of people haven't seen because they didn't make it very like out in front. I would think if anybody makes a return after Eris Morn, it would be Aldrin and not the and not the stranger. Um, people are thinking about like Cade coming back, and I'm like, no, that's that's <laughs> that's not happening anytime soon. I don't think. Mr. Anderson, how long should the raid be? I don't ever stipulate how I think it should be. I like when a raid lands between a six and a a six and like 10 hour world's first completion. I like it the minimum to be about six hours. Because if there's, if there's four encounters, then that means the first encounter probably didn't take that long. And then the remaining like three encounters are taking you know, at least two hours apiece for that world's first team to sort it out. On average, that's not bad, you know. I once you fall under six hours, it feels a little too easy. Once you get beyond ten and twelve hours, it feels a little bit too hard and a little out of the out of the out of bounds for a Destiny raid. We're gonna be co-streaming the Borderlands Three show in fifteen minutes. I don't know if they're wanting people to co-stream it. I think I really think they're just gonna talk about the Halloween event and they're gonna talk about DLC structure. When we switch to Borderlands Three, we can watch that first if you guys want to. Matty Mayhem. Do you think if Bungie brings Trials back, uh, Bach, <laughs> like a lot of the player base of base will come back to Destiny. PVE has a shelf life, whereas Trials has kept everyone excited for the weekends. Player base? I don't know so much. I think a lot of those people have moved on. I think a lot of the Trials player base has moved on. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Viewership? Um, I think I actually think viewership would be really, really good. I do. I think viewership would bounce back really, really well because Fortnite's really hurt itself and it's not as appealing to watch anymore. And I think because of that, people would naturally be like, oh, let's go back and watch some Trials. Thank you, uh... Thank you, Sheenice, for 30 months! That's a long, long time. So... I think people would come back. Would a ton of the player base come back for Trials? I I don't think so. I, I don't think a ton. I don't think it would be like a swarm of people. I do think people would come back, yes. But I think you would see a more tangible result on Twitch. You'd see a much more tangible result on Twitch. Sorry. I would think you'd see a much more tangible result on Twitch. And then, right, you could, do, you could do something like Twitch Rivals with Trials. That would be awesome. And then since I'm on the, 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 the Rivals roster of Shoutcasters, I'd be an easy pick for that because it's like I'm super familiar with Destiny and I'm definitely not competing. <laughs> so that would be really cool. That would be really cool. I lost to just playing Fortnite Ages, but I still watch. Now, I have very little interest in watching it, too. Well, right, because if, if the streamers aren't having fun, then the viewers can't have fun either. Um, a lot of trial streams are dead. Right, but new new people would rise. New people would rise. And y- you would see plenty of big Destiny streamers come back to do trials. You, you'd see people like Giggs. You would see you'd definitely see Grenader Jake. You would 100% see folks like Goth come back and do trials. You 100% would. Uh, Antimatter. Should they lock Jotun? Did I thank nice for 31s? I think I did. Thank you, Tuna. Uh, Antimatter. Should the lo- Should they lock Jotun when Shadowkeep is released? The DPS bug could be used to abuse certain encounters in the raid. Not only that, but it was discovered that your FPS significantly affects the DPS of the Jotun. I think there's simply not enough time to fix the bug. Uh, it took forever for them to nerf 1K voices on PC. Well, I don't think that... I don't think that the 1K voices was like a, a prominent problem. I don't think the 1K voices was a prominent problem. Um, a- as prominent as, as the Jotun. Can they prioritize it and fix it before? I have no idea. I have no idea. If they would, um, if they would decide to like try and get that done before, before. Graying it out? Yeah, that's probably the most likely result they will just going to gray it out and you won't be able to use it. Because um, the weapon team is probably going to be like, uh, we're working on all this stuff over here to make sure all this stuff is good to go and polished and not glitchy. We don't really have time to fiddle around with the freaking Jotun and they'll just lock it. Um, Ashton Hollow, anything you and yourself, uh, anything you yourself recommend doing to prep for D1, for, oh, for day one rating for Shadowkeep this last week, especially for someone wanting to juggle Borderlands 3? I would just stack as many high XP bounties as you can. Um, There's some guides if you want to get Sweatsickle's guide uh, that would help you know what to stack because it doesn't show you the XP on them. So... DF Grumpy. I understand the marketing machine that is Bungie and the need to generate hype for sales. However, do you think they're revealing too much of Shadowkeep that should be kept a secret? For example, early raid armor and weapons as well as part of the dungeon were discussed in the video. They did this in Rise of Iron. This isn't new. They did this in Rise of Iron. And I didn't like it then either. I said, well, I don't want to see the raid armor. But, but, um, th- they're, they're probably seeing that it works. And that's why they're, that's why they're continuing to do it. You know, they've already said that they won't lock weapons. The Lord of Wolves emblem. What do you mean? They won't lock w- guns. They've done it. They did. They did. They, they locked something recently. What was it? There was something that was broken and they locked it and you couldn't use it. What gun was that that they did that to? They did that like a couple months ago, didn't they? Yeah, they locked the Rat King. They will 100% and have locked guns and they will lock Jotun if it, if they can't fix it before the raid the raid race. Jotun has a bug where you can do 30k DPS. Yeah, it's freaking broken. Gritter uh do you think datto's team getting the raid exotic too early is why bungie will not allow the new exotic to drop uh whoever wins worlds first do you think once bungie knows who for sure wins that they will give that team the exotic no i just think they're removing that they're just removing it as a thing they get a belt and then there's a 24-hour emblem and then that's it um you know rambunctious do you think raid mechanics have evolved enough over the last five years. I would love to see more items used like Crota's sword. Um, I think that's one of the ways that Vogue kind of shined is you had these relics that you had to use. The relic at Templar isn't isn't the same as the style. I mean, it's similar but it's different in execution when you get to Atheon uh, and then the sword at Crota and then you had, you know, the bombs at at Oryx and you also had the Relic at Oryx. Oh, man, there were so many things about Oryx that were so good as far as pain points for a team. Yeah, I just, I don't I don't honestly know if they're ever going to want to really, really go back there, though. They, they feel, I don't know, it feels like they've moved away from Relics. They've moved more toward, if you look at, um, if you look at Last Wish and Scourge, and crown of sorrow they've really moved away from that it's been a lot of get the thing and then and then and then like shoot the boss not like get the thing and use it on the boss it's more of like a buffs and debuffs kind of a thing uh i don't know now where does that come from where does that come from that comes from them wanting everybody to be involved. That comes from, we don't want people carry. That comes from, like, this is why we have the token revive system and the revive timer. They want everybody involved in the fight. They don't want one person running Sword at Crota, one person running Relic at Oryx. They've moved away from that. It's a philosophical shift in responsibility sharing. Now, sure, in Scourge, you have one person running the table, but while that one person's running the table, everybody else has their job. When, like, one person ran Relic at Templar or Atheon or Sword at Crota, everybody else just kind of, like, had to sit around and wait. And I think they wanted to move away. They've wanted to move away from that. Uh, next question from Sinveritus. Do you think they will revamp one of the older activities with Shadowkeep? Maybe out of fortune? No, they ha- they're not going to. If they do, it'll be something free they do in future seasons. They're doing nothing with old content right now. Um... I do enjoy the relics, but they create a sense of one person heavy and they've really shifted away from that. They really, really have uh, motion 27. What was your favorite D1 raid? Wrath of the machine. Uh, are you excited for the apparent remake of Crota's end or bummed about the recycling? I don't care about reuse as long as there's enough of a, of a, you know, update, change it, you know, make it fun. If they're not going to give us, they're not going to give us the Crota Raid as a raid. So then I don't care listen if they bring back parts or pieces of the or the entire crow to raid and it's innovated changed, it's a strike or it's a it's some type of a a, a dungeon or something if people complain about that then I, I mean I, it, if they're not using it for a raid then it's not truly being quote-unquote recycled I, I will I won't complain about that at all I think wrath is the best raid for a lot of reasons I think I can argue that wrath has the most value points we've gone through and had that debate before the godly beard. Do does the power levels provided in the TWAB indicate that going from 750 to roughly 850 may be easier than how Forsaken was? Oh yeah, leveling up's gonna be. It is definitely gonna be a a, a quicker a quicker stint uh, than it used to. Yeah, the commands. Oh my. I was I was getting ready to type oh my. It's oh my. Um. So, yeah, you're gonna level up faster. You're gonna be getting bonus level from the artifact world drops can drop at your level you've got intentionality with ada and the menagerie that you didn't have before so raging gay guy says how do you feel about the lack of info in this week's twob i was under the impression we would be the next part of the weapon changes um there's a couple of things that may have happened because it did seem like there was a response to gigs about ricochet rounds that was like see you next week Dylan was in the hospital because his, 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 he had, I think it was fib on his heart again. That's the second time it's happened. So, they were in there giving him a jolt and getting his ticker uh, working again. And Cosmo just came off of paternity leave. So Cosmo had to pick up the TWAB, and I think that that might have left some of it off the table. So we might get that next week. Oh, was it AFib? Sorry, it's AFib. I said fib. Sorry. Uh, five months from True Sage. Thank you and cram with two months thank you for two months of subs cram um the, the TWAB got redone poor cause Dylan was out Cosmo had barely any time right um exactly I had to disagree with Lono there some encounters should be DPS others should be mechanics I think they've gone too heavy into DPS well that's what I was saying I don't think they're, that's why I was drawing the conclusion that I don't think they're gonna give us DPS uh, or mechanics heavy environments or things like Crota Sword Oh, he has a fib yeah 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 500 bits from cram thank you cram uh so i i'm that i'm drawing the conclusion that i don't think we're gonna get like a hey billy you gotta go run the sword while we all stand here um not mechanics heavy uh, like item heavy like where there are no scorch cannons there are no siva charges there is no relic there is no crota sword you know, it's, they're not doing that as much, and because it seems like they're wanting to move away from the, oh, we can just carry you, we can do all the hard stuff, everybody has a shared responsibility now, more so than we did in D1, 29 months from old soul, thank you, and that's in line with what we know their philosophy shift has been, their philosophy shift has been revive tokens and a revive timer, because they want everybody to be a part of the victory, Gotham. you think Bungie should deactivate the Yodin? Yeah, we already had this. They're probably gonna have to gray it out. Uh, Sabers. Do you think the reason the Raid Exotic isn't guaranteed drop is because of the Raid Exotic isn't a drop and said it's a quest? That's how I interpret it. Well, the, the roadmap was a misprint, so the Divinity is not the exotic quest anymore. It's the Xeno Xenophage or page, whatever the frick. Uh, I think it's Xenophage. It's the, it's the heavy Machine gun that works like a sniper rifle is the new exotic quest in place of the divinity. So I think the divinity still is going to be the raid exotic that can drop. Uh, but the roadmap, like, misprinted. It still had a quest name to it? No, it did not have a quest name to it. It literally said the Div- quest, exotic quest divinity, because that's what the name of the gun is. It, d- it didn't have a title for the, like, a so I think Divinity is still going to be in the in the final fight, and I think they just removed it as a guaranteed drop because of what happened with Dado. A peasant ghost. Had they said how we level up the artifact, is it just XP or some other method that would lock us out of leveling it above 910? It's just XP, and it'll slow down the higher you go. Flying mangoes. How big do you think the artifact will factor in those attempting worlds first, accessible, how accessible will the raid be if we only jump 140, 170 power before the raid launches well, if you only jump 170 power oh, if we need to jump I was like, I was gonna say, that seems like that's not how much you need I don't think it's gonna be accessible, I don't think they want the raid to be accessible, I think they want the raid to be accessible to people who know life the game for four days you know I think I, I think I even have something that I, I, I have I have a commitment on, yeah, on the third is one of our therapy nights. My wife and I, I've been seeing a therapist for a year and a half, and now I've been, my wife's been coming with me, it's been great, and we go every other week, and on the third, we have a session scheduled, and I'm thinking to myself, that might be a night that I would, you know, I would be wanting to go, uh, I would be wanting to, like, go all day, and stay in there, and keep playing, and, uh, I'm not going to be able to. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. I can plug in my laptop upstairs while I'm watching TV and like grind through stuff that I'm trying to work on if we find good XP grinds that I can just mindlessly do. Um, it'll be really accessible. There's literally only 20 power to gain before the meet, you meet the 920 contest for the raid. Everything else is soft cap. I don't know. I think you guys are really, really misremembering how bad and slow leveling can go a hundred and seventy you're not you're not going to scream through that man you're not going to especially if you're periodically stopping to gap fill for world drops i promise you people are not going to blaze through this they're going to need all four days long hours you are not going to just casually coast to nine hundred why are people saying you can use tokens to 900 right away? Well, that's a misrepresentation, okay? World drops, legendary world drops have a chance to drop at your power level. And I think what people are saying is if you get to 775 and your boots are 760, well, if you can get a pair of boots to drop at your level, they would drop at 775. That's a huge jump on your boots that got kind of left behind. People are thinking you're going you're gonna to be able to pump an NPC full of tokens, And eventually there's a chance they could drop something at your power. Even if the soft cap is 900, you can level up blues alone. It's easy. How does that work then? If the soft cap's 900, you're saying I'm going to be getting blues above 750 day one. I just did leveling to 750. It's rough. We had soft caps before and the only way I got blues to drop to help me level was in a nightfall lost sector and we were cheesing it basically. Every single drop helps you. I must be misremembering. I don't remember playing through forsaken and struggling in the grind to power level because of blues. I couldn't get pinnacles to drop where at prime. Uh, I couldn't get powerful drops to drop where I needed them. I wasn't getting blues to drop that helped me. The last time we had a soft cap leveling was forsaken was from 385 to 500. You got a soft cap and forsaken just from couple events on the tangled shore. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm not remembering that. I'm having a hard time remembering that was past the soft cap when you were in a nightfall. Oh, are you sure? In Forsaken, it was really hard to level if you had crap RNG. You got through the soft cap in Forsaken by the end of the story. Oh! So that's why I don't have a really strong memory of the soft cap in Forsaken, because we hit it so fast, maybe. And if it's at 900, you're saying it's gonna, we are going to blow all the way to 900 really, really fast. 10 hours max to get from 385 to 500 that was 115 and you're saying it basically took one long play session okay and now it would have been day one okay okay but because 900 is so close it's only 150 you guys are saying we're going to get there really fast i remember i remember once i was past the soft cap and everything was taking forever got it okay Amish Milkman in the Twa, Bungie said that the, some of the Forsaken content will be locked during uh, the switch to Steam. How much will this impact first day of the power grind? I don't know. I have no idea. The the things that they said were going to be available, I don't think are going to play a large factor. Mick Cheshire, hey Lono, you mentioned people. That's why they made the uh, they made the the forges and the menagerie and reckoning free to everybody. So you don't have to worry about those. Just, I think it's like the raids and the and the and the and the missions. Um, you mentioned people rushing their level via the artifact. What does it matter if people gain through this power advantage if contest mode exists? Why does it benefit them? Because listen, I want you to imagine let's say that sweatsickle has the formula exactly right, okay and sweat and Chevy and all those homies they hit the day they hit the day one ground running, and they get all the way to nine hundred by like. End of day Thursday and they also have the artifact pushing them to nine twenty. Oh, is here. Let's 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 pull up Zur. So they get to nine twenty because they boosted the artifact with their bounties. They get to nine twenty really early in the week that frees them up to do other things. They can grind for god rolls, maybe there's mods, maybe there's things that they feel are going to be really, really influential. You know what I'm saying? That frees them up to do other things. Now, is that going to have a huge influence over raid completion? Well, maybe not. If Sweat's formula gets people to 900 really, really fast, in, in addition to that, they're also getting an insane boost You know, from the artifact. They're hitting 920 like it's nothing. Well then, I would expect that Everybody will be able to, and then it'll be a really fair race. The main issue is okay. Here's one of my lingering concerns. All right, Bungie told us that they, the well, they didn't tell us. Remember when we were leveling for Crown of Sorrow and suddenly the Dreaming City was only giving us plus ones and that was supposed to be something that they fixed? They told us that powerful ingrams and powerful rewards were dropping as plus ones and that's not supposed to happen and that was supposed to be addressed. And then we jumped in day one for Crown of Sorrow and what they told us was wrong with respect to the Dreaming City. You went to the Dreaming City and you would waste time doing all those milestones and you were getting plus ones from the Dreaming City. That was not supposed to happen according to Bungie okay so if they're gonna sit here and tell me that oh don't like in one interview Ben Womack says the soft caps 900 I'm not exactly full of I'm not like beaming with confidence that the the soft caps gonna function as a lot of people here are thinking I, I really don't I don't have a lot of confidence um, this week's Zura is Colony and then Ashen Wake Karnstein Armlet, Armlets and Orpheus Rig Uh, the Ashen Awake roll is special ammo finder with rocket launcher scavenger and then we got auto rifle reloader pulse rifle reloader and then impact induction and then Kernstein or Kernstein whatever is auto rifle loader light arms loader enhanced grenade launcher loader with fusion rifle scavenger and special weapons uh, special uh, special ammo finder and then the Orpheus rig has traction with special ammo finder that's probably the best combo we got here Some machine gun scavenger pulse rifle dexterity and kinetic dexterity um so there you go uh we have five years of soft caps functioning this way they aren't changing that yeah but that that's my point though eugene is we were given assurances that milestones were glitched and we were getting plus ones and that was supposed to be fixed they told us that milestones prior to the final 10 of your level for level cap so prior to 740 milestones were supposed to be super super healthy in season of opulence and they freaking weren't we were doing dreaming city stuff and getting plus ones so just because Ben Womack said in one interview at Gamescom that the soft caps 900, I'm I'm hesitantly excited about that cuz that means we'll be able to get to 900 fairly quickly, also have the artifact, we'll just be able to enjoy that first week of content and go into the raid basically feeling like, yeah, we're not going to hit any absurd deltas, we're all 920. Like I'll feel really good if that's the result, if Ben Womack says that and that's represented in the game, but they said in patch notes that milestones were glitched and should not have been dropping as plus ones. That was addressed, fixed, and that was not true when we were prepping for Crown of Sorrow. That slowed us down significantly. We wasted a bunch of time in the Dreaming City, and we were like... They said they fixed this. Why is the Dreaming City dropping plus ones? It's supposed to be one of the better, more healthy places to go to for milestones and leveling, and it wasn't working. So, I, I don't know. 900 seems high for the blue soft cap. That's what I'm saying, Eugene. He he said it. He said it almost in passing like I'm not taking that to the bank just yet. Unless Bungie comes out and specifically says your grind to 900 will be pretty expeditious, blues, legendaries and milestones will be helping you get those gains that you need, milestones for the big jumps and then just regular old grinding and loot dropping for the rest of the jumps cuz you know stuff's just going to be dropping at at whatever your relational soft cap is. So if it's truly 900, and everybody hits 900, and we all go into the raid at 920, then I'll be a happy man. Because I cannot stand that first week getting just run over ripshod. And then people... Somebody's going to find a glitch. Somebody's going to find a shortcut. There's going to be some activity you're going to be able to grind for a high chance of world drops or something. And, it, you know, somebody's going to get an advantage, and somebody's going to get higher. Like, And then people are saving bounties. It's just like... If everybody, from a, a reasonable amount of pretty good play you know time first week can get to 900 which would be then on top of the artifact maybe get them to 920 you know Z81 what effect will the 100 light level damage threshold have Uh, we'll be able to damage mobs that are up on levels above us well I mean that just it doesn't it doesn't have an effect on anything it just means you can go into content and not see immune all the way down 100 levels I think they're trying to standardize the damage structure. They're ne- they're trying to create a bigger door. You can go into content you have no business going into. That door is a lot wider now. And then they're standardizing damage. They just modified like our crit multiplier to you know miners, and then they're buffing our miner damage to feed that crit multiplier a little bit more damage. They're they're making some tweaks and adjustments that we don't quite understand just yet because we're not in the game. sin veritas will glimmer have actual value in shadow keep obviously slotting mods will cost glimmer but seeing it as a drop uh, seeing it as a drop in the battle pass has me curious oh I think so I think it's going to be a huge need I think that's why people are saving up the you know the the sparrows and that's why they raise the glimmer cap because glimmer is going to be a much more needed resource Um, there are still people out there with an offering to the oracle glitch so they have XP every time they open the chest oh wow evil the waffler forgive me if you've answered this one before but in the eververse will you be able to buy stuff with bright dust still or it will be only silver you will be able to buy stuff with bright dust but bright dust is only going to come from eververse bounties you will not be getting like an eververse ingram that can then have stuff that you dismantle like oh I don't want this ghost or this ship give me bright dust that will not be happening anymore they're no longer getting bright engrams that can be a source of bright dust you will only be able to get bright dust from bounties from the eververse i pooted could the multiple armor drops on the premium track be unlocking the armor for each class i don't know it shows all hunter i just assumed that it was account wide so as i played if i got a helmet it would have a check mark on it for all of my classes and i could claim it and it would be a static roll i don't know why the armor is on there multiple times brody do you know if we buy the pass after leveling it for a while if we will get all the previous rewards yeah you would yeah, if you get to level 35 and you change your mind, you're like, dude, I'm going to buy the pass. Let's say Season of Dawnlands. You're like, yeah, I'm not really sold on it. And you play for a week or two. And you're like level 30 in the battle pass, season pass. Then um then you'll be able to you'll be able to buy it and get all that stuff. You'll have to go back and claim it. You'll probably just go back and click on it. Cuz if you're at Glimmer Cap and you do that, I don't think they're just going to like break Glimmer. So, Luke Smith apparently has tweeted "Yoden slash toaster will be disabled for Garden of Salvation. The team has identified the issue with Yoden, and we will release a fix uh, in a future update. Thank you Luke Smith. Retweet. Told you they would disable it. I was like, if they look at it and can't fix it in time, they'll disable it. They've definitely done it before and there you go. Uh Rob Detto, why every why everyone's saying recluse is a problem in PvE when damage phase comes I don't see people saying everyone pull out your Ikalos shotgun, nerf a gun and it kills trash ads too fast. Well, no, I, l- people are saying the recluse is a problem for a variety of reasons. Number 1, it's too easy to use in PvP. Number 2, uh it's absurdly strong in PvE. Not even against trash ads. It's absurdly strong against orange bars um absurdly strong against orange bars so it, it's leaving its lane that's why Ikalosh shotgun was a problem Ikalosh shotgun is supposed to be a mid tier weapon and it was leaving its lane and it was doing the damage of an exotic heavy you could compare the Ikalosh shotgun to some of the best exotic heavies of the time and it was out pacing them okay Wine, 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 just use the toaster and enjoy it while it's broken until it's fixed. Blah. What do you mean, wine, 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 misery? Oh, people being upset it's getting disabled? I mean, they needed to disable it. It was going to break the world's first race. Um... And what Eugene is saying is another factor that I've never even really highlighted. It's absurdly strong in PvE and it occupies the energy slot, which kills your energy weapon choices. It makes loadouts bland, right? Yeah, there's a handful of kinetic secondaries you can use. Threat level. Yay! Like that's it so uh, mythological figure the armor pieces appear three times each time on the reward list does this present represent solar arc and void versions of the armor well you son of a gun is that true is it three times let's see one for the arms two for the arms three for the arms yeah the arms are on there three times. The boots, one, two, three. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you. You just guessed what it is. Mythological figure. Static roll on the stats, and you're gonna get an you're gonna get an elemental version of of each one. I bet you that's what it is. Brilliant. Very very good guess. That's not bad because Luke Smith said the stats aren't that great. They're going to be static stats. So intellect, discipline and strength and then recovery, mobility and resilience will be static. But they're going to change the elemental affinity so you get all three. I bet you, I'm I'm putting money on the table and I'm backing I'm backing mythological figure in the horse race here. I'm backing him. I think that's the right answer. Um no, I don't think it's Hunter Titan Warlock. No, cuz it's the same picture. It's the same picture every time. They would show you a different picture, it, but you know what I'm saying? It's all hunter armor the whole time here, because when you look at it with the hunter, you'll go in here and you'll claim that hunter armor. Okay, when you open this as your titan, they'll be the, it'll say that you can claim that titan armor, and you'll go click on it and it'll pull that out, just like you did the books in in in, in Rise of Iron. I think Mythological Figure just guessed it. i I'm, I'm I think that's on the money. Uh, Aaron Tank what do you think level six of the premium tier is that's a symbol on the Vogue hunter cloak could it be an emblem okay level six looks like oh it does look like the symbol from the vog cloak yeah I knew it looked familiar I was like that's that's something from D1 and I thought it was the hunter cloak but I didn't say anything because I was like was that the hunter cloak or was that something else yeah you're right the hunter cloak from Vogue had that on there and that is probably an emblem um I'm, I'm gonna guess it's an emblem it doesn't look like anything else <laughs> to me also consider this it's very close proximity to a shader at level 9 and then for the rest of the for the rest of the book we don't see anything like that oh no there's a shader at level 50 there's a shader at level 50 are there any emblems in close proximity to that no it doesn't look like it yeah I bet you it's just an emblem it's an emblem you can see in the vid doc. Well, there you go. Saint, uh, Saint-ism. If I was on the free track and I earned 10 free track rewards but decided I wanted the season pass, yeah, 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 it'd be retroactive. All right, look at this picture. Okay, look at this picture, chat. Let's imagine you get to level 10. Okay, you get to level 10, you're like, I want to buy it, Okay. You would come in here, and you would more than likely click on the shader, this little box, whatever this thing is, this emblem. You would click on them. Claim reward, claim reward, claim reward. Those would all be available to you. They are not. There is no freaking way you're going to get halfway through a season and decide to bite the bullet and buy the season. They're like, well, (laughs) you waited too long. You'll never get those rewards from levels one through 30. (laughs) Guess you'll buy it next time. They wouldn't do that. (laughs) They would 100% honor your purchase and give you everything from the previous levels. That would go over like a lead balloon. That would go over like a lead balloon. If, uh, if they did that. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, Mal- Malasai, in your opinion, d- due to the loss of Activision's resources backing Bungie, are artifact slash battle passes a good way to keep players chasing something while Bungie attempts to put out content as fast as they can? Well, I think this is a, this is a really good way of uh, spreading the butter really, really thin. <laughs> I mean... A couple of guns and an armor set is really all that's in here. Can, can we talk about that? Can we be honest and just say there's an armor set and, what, three guns in here, okay? But it's spread out over a hundred levels and it's boosted with a bunch of currency and materials and stuff, okay? Um... So that's not me knocking them. Okay. Bungie is really, really good at saying, don't throw out that chicken bone. We could make broth out of that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They're really good at saying, let's take this one thing and just, just, I mean, just stretch that out and get a ton of use out of it. That's what this looks like to me. Um, so night, nighthawks. If you buy, uh, if you buy the $60 version of Shadowkeep, do you get the Season of the Undying Battle Pass and the following seasons? Or do you have to purchase those seasons? No, no, no. $60 version of Shadowkeep is everything in year three. It is Shadowkeep, it is Season of the Undying, and then it is also the spring, the, the, the winter, spring, and summer seasons. If you spend 60 bucks, you're just buying year three. Year one is free, year two is 25 bucks, and year three is 60 bucks. It's very, very well-priced, in my opinion. Subaru. Because of the changes they are doing in regards to how much power differences there can be in order to damage enemies uh, from 50 to 100, will this change the level that we experience sword enemies? I... N- uh... Um... Sh- I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't work for Bungie, so I can't answer this definitively. It sounded to me like they were just going to say, instead of seeing immune, it's going to scale from 51 to 100 you'll just see a depreciating scale of damage to the point that, like if you're 100 levels beneath something it'll it'll feel pointless to do um again it seems like they're trying to standardize damage and delta thresh, like and delta ratios with these changes because they've got things they're trying to do with difficulty spectrum that may be difficult to do right now big sirs i heard this on dcp podcast but what are your thoughts on bungie Maybe making a ghost or a ghost projection for teams that are on Worlds First. Um, I'll be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real honest right now. I care less and less about recognizing a World's First team. <laughs> I, just, I don't I don't think there needs to be any extra um a boys than that what they already get, okay? They get an they get they get they get a belt, they get mentioned in a blog, uh, everybody gives them, like, accolades, they get tweeted about, they get praised, they get probably tons of viewership, um, the, the attaboys can stop there, uh, I want Bungie creating content for the community, not for six people, um, and I'm not being mean. I just, we have millions of people that play every day. I give two fricks about the six people that get worlds first. I don't care what they get. Even if it's me, I don't want a bunch of snazzy looking stuff in the game. Cause I squeaked into a worlds first and got it. Like, I just don't care. Um, it's great. It's a cool thing. Hear me out here. I'm not being like, this is dumb. Why does anybody care about worlds first? It's no, it's worlds first. They win. They get a physical belt that no one else gets. And it's really, really cool. But beyond that, I really don't give a frick about the six people that get Worlds First because there's millions of other people that matter way more. <laughs> like, it's a one-off. It makes them mistreat the content. The grind to get there is absurd. And it, the, the Worlds First races have been sullied up to this point by all kinds of weird stuff that goes on. Um, I just... It's cool, I love that they do it, it's a really cool big moment, they all sit in the theater and they watch us all race, it's a neat moment, after that, I don't really care what they give the world's first team, a projection, an emblem, like, do you want somebody in the tower to point them out when they walk around and like trumpet them, you know, follow them like, just so y'all know, this is one of the six people in the world that got a world's first race, like, I just, and honestly, most of the people who have gotten worlds first are probably thrilled with what they get they get a shout out in a blog, they get a shout out in a tweet, they literally beat everybody else in the freaking world. They they get a dadgum wrestling belt to hang on their wall. I mean, after that, I think you're pretty much done. You don't need to give them anything else. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> don't de- don't waste time developing something for six people. That's that's a stupid use of development time. <laughs> so, KJ Donahoe, since the meta is pretty small diversity wise, do you think it would be a good decision to bring back elemental primaries to widen viable choices? Oh, I want to do a whole video on this. Yeah, we we, we really, really need true elemental primaries uh, to come back. True elemental primaries. Uh, misery, in the battle pass account wider per character, it's account wide. It's account wide. Uh, KHRP14. I quit during Season of the Drifter. Well, I have a hard time trying to catch back up and prepare for the new expansion. No. Number one, you've got time right now to play and stack bounties if you want to stack XP. And on October the 1st, you're going to be the same level as everybody. Everybody will be 750. All your loot will be 750. So don't infuse anything anymore. Don't even do it. I wouldn't even pull anything from collections right now. I would just save those resources. Cause that whole economy of pulling things through from the collections is likely to change and maybe be less expensive. So, um, evil, the waffler might be too early, but what do you think is better? Season four, uh, this each season is three months or three seasons each season, four months long. Oh, four seasons of three months or three seasons of four months. I mean, you're asking me to cut one piece of pizza into eight pieces or 12 pieces. I don't freaking care. It's the same amount of pizza, isn't it? Honestly, no. More seasons would require more work. If you did four seasons at three months, Bungie would have to create a whole new season pass, whole new armor sets, whole new activity. So more seasons that are shorter would probably be more difficult on Bungie. So I would say what they're currently doing with three seasons beyond um because i'm um, well, it's for it's actually is four seasons right now you're getting four seasons season of the undying is attached to shadow keep then we have season of dawn and then we have two more we have the spring and the summer so i'm not too concerned about this though is the battle pass included with my three-year purchase or is that an extra charge if you buy shadow keep you get everything on the screen here if you buy the $60 version of Shadow Keep, you get this every season. This little book thing is just included. You can't buy this thing separately. What is on my screen right now ha- is not a microtransaction. It is just thrown in when you buy Shadow Keep and it's just thrown in if you buy Season of Dawn. You get Season of Dawn if you buy the Shadow Keep for 60. So, this is just a part of every season. So if you buy year 3, if you buy year 3, For the $60, you are done. You don't ever have to spend another dime the remainder of that year unless you're trying to buy something from the Eververse for silver. Uh, Like an emote or something. So, subsequent months if you bought standard needs the $10. That is not true if you buy the $60 version of Shadowkeep. There's two ways to buy Shadowkeep. There's the standard purchase that just comes with Season of the Undying. It's like what is it like 35 or 40 bucks. There's the $60 version of Shadowkeep that comes with every season after it. You can buy the season without Shadowkeep. Oh, yeah. I I I don't know why the frick you would want to do this, but if for some weird reason you decide you just want Season of the Undying and you don't want Shadowkeep, you can buy Season of the Undying for 10 bucks. I don't know why you would want to do that. Um that seems kind of weird. But SMG. Might be off topic, but what is another perk that goes well with box breathing on a scout? A perk that would go well with box breathing on a scout? You wouldn't want triple tap, because you'd have to slow down your firing too much to take advantage of box... Well, I don't know. Are you using it in PvP, and you just want that first shot to be really strong? Because if that's the case, then you'd want things that, you know, give you really, really good, um... stability. Yeah, snapshot. Um... Really good target acquisition and range. You'd want you'd want stability and range and maybe maybe Zen moment. Yeah, opening shot would probably pair. Honestly, is that even a possible role? Box breathing with opening shot. If you're trying to get opening, if you're trying to get box breathing on a scout to take into PvP, there's a lot of advice in chat that's probably pretty good. Opening shot, Zen moment, snapshot, anything that buffs range. If you're trying to use it in in PVE my first question to you would be like why are you using a scout in PVE secondly why are you caring about box breathing in PVE the rhythm of damage you really can't wait on box breathing it would it just seems like a waste of time um in PVE so in PVP I think we've already given some pretty sound advice uh in chat about what what you would probably look for um on there people are saying rapid hit you know, things like that. So you probably just, again, you probably just wouldn't really run it. I'm hoping that's something they change about box breathing on scouts in PVE at the very least. I don't know how they would do that. I don't know if they would, if they would have the option. Um, I don't know if they would have the option to say, Hey, you know, are we, are we going to, are we going to make box breathing behave differently in PVE? Cause Box breathing would pose a significant problem in PvP because you could just basically hard scope a lane and be getting a damage buff on every shot and I personally think that's fine in PvE. If I'm going to play range and draw back and hold my ADS long enough to get box breathing, I should be able to keep it in PvE. So I could just sit back and just be cracking heads at max damage and then you could combine that potentially with rampage if that's even possible. I don't even know if that would be a possible role. And that'd be really, really strong. Um, buying the season first is more for new players. And on $60 version, it says you'll get refunded in silver for rebuying any season. Oh, well, why would you do that? Listen, if you get new light and you're enjoying yourself and you want to jump into the full like, oh, I want to get what everybody else is doing. I highly doubt new player acquisition conversions are going to go from new light to just Season of the Undying. I think most people are going to go, game seems dope, give me Shadow Keep. That's what most people are going to do, that convert from new free-to-play player to I want to buy content. I think a very minuscule amount of people are going to say, well, give me the $10 season, because you're not really buying everything at that point, so are you really even giving the game a fair shake? If you, you know... There should, there'll be a Madam Crumpet stream tonight for people asking. There should be a Madam Crumpet stream tonight. Um, the, you know, when they want Forsaken as well. Maybe not Johnny Always. If all their friends that convince them to try out Destiny are playing in Shadowkeep, they might bypass Forsaken for a little bit. Or their friends would say, if you really want to level up, spend the 25 bucks to get Forsaken, but I don't think there's any activities you're really going to need from Forsaken because they're taking the Forges and Reckoning and the Menagerie and they're giving that to everybody who just owns new lights. That was something that Griffin confirmed in a tweet. The Forges, that was supposed to be addressed this week too in the TWAB, access to the Forges. I think Dylan being in the hospital is why the is why the, uh, the TWAB was really light. That was another thing he said they were going to cover that they didn't cover. But that was confirmed by Griffin in a tweet. The Forges, Reckoning, and the Menagerie are free to everybody who gets new light. So a lot of people might bypass Forsaken if they're just wanting to jump into Shadowkeep and grind for power because those, the forges in the Menagerie are going to be the biggest helps for your power level as far as having like an intentional grind for specific items. Um, This is a question from Mocktop. Am I going to be level one with power 750 or level 50 with power level 750? You'll be level 50. They're just bringing everybody up i think that would be really really strange i don't think that they would like leave you as a level one because uh, you can't equip the gear isn't that how it worked wasn't there like a if you weren't the right level you couldn't equip certain gear that was so high or something it was like you need to be level x or something i'm remembering that it's in the hospital i don't know if dylan's still in the hospital he was in the hospital they had to give him the old uh the old shockeroo he's got a heart he's got a heart issue It's scary as frick. Um, The higher power level stuff was locked at 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forges ETC are free for Forsaken, not to New Light. Incorrect, as I said twice and very clearly. Griffin, a guy from Bungie, confirmed that Forges, Reckoning, and Menagerie are included in New Light, not requiring you to buy Forsaken. That was supposed to be addressed in the TWAB and it wasn't, likely because of Dylan's health complications and Cosmo just got back from paternity leave. That's what's confusing about it. A week ago, I would have said you were right English Cake. I would have been like, yep you gotta buy Forsaken if you want those things. They have since decided to splice that out. Do you want to know the reason that they probably did that? Because Forsaken stuff is gonna be like locked behind some sort of weird server sync issue with Steam day one you're not going to be able to play the anything from forsaken that isn't a part of new light so that's why they drug that stuff over that's what i think because they know people are going to want to be using the forges and menagerie as a leveling tool and you're not going to be able to you know the exotics associated with those activities will be locked well that's true but you don't need the exotics They're locking the Yoten anyway. (laughs) Whatever other ones, the the exotic bow and the um, anything else. That's a contractual thing with Blizzard. If you want my honest opinion from the sidelines and speculating, I think Blizzard is intentionally being douchey about it. That's what I think. I think it's, uh... I think it's, uh... They're attached to Activision, and this is, like, a butt hurt. Like, we're gonna hold on till the very last second to everything in Destiny. We're not gonna allow you to sell anything until October the 1st. We're not gonna allow you to sell silver anymore. You know, like, it's like, uh... They're, they're trying to hurt the revenue. They're trying to hurt the revenue share. Because, like, right now, the entire PC community can't buy silver. And... That was a. I think that was a move by Blizzard, and I think one of the reasons I'm having having trouble instancing recently is I think their authentication is running poorly. Uh, so I think that that's a move by Blizzard. As soon as they launched cross all of a sudden I started having problems instancing into into areas and and uh, and host migration and everything else, which could be caused by Blizzard's background authentication of my account. I don't know. Just a theory, <laughs> just a theory of what's going on. Um, so, just because you can play the forges doesn't mean you can access Ada's bounties. Uh Eugene, I want you to read what you just said really slowly. You think they're going to throw forges in New Light, but you can't run her bounties, which means why would you run the forges? What the frick? Because you, I guess you could run them for the the other drops. What? What would you do run menagerie and not run the chalice? I don't think I don't think that's how they're going to do it. That would be li- like literally that would make no sense. Um that would make no sense. I don't know why they would do that. So that was uh, about 45 questions. So we're going to keep talking and looking at this. Uh, and we're going to keep moving through the battle pass. If you guys have questions about it, I'll still answer those questions. But I'm going to chop this for the people who listen elsewhere. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at the link below, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.